I'm so excited to be with you guys tonight. Uh, if I haven't gotten to meet you yet, my name is Levi. I'm one of the pastors on the team here, and I would love to meet you. Um, what we're going to do right now is uh, every week at CA Students, we take a little bit of time to look at God's Word. The point of that, the reason for doing that is we're not interested in gathering for, like, to hear life hacks from one of us. We're interested in gathering and coming to God's word because we believe God's word is exactly that. It's the word from God, right? And so we want to hear what God has to say. We want his wisdom, his truth, uh, his reality spoken into our lives. And so that's what we're going to spend some time doing tonight. Right now we're in a teaching series called Set Apart. And the big idea of this series is that if you're a follower of Jesus, then you will have different priorities. And because you have different priorities, you'll have different practices from the rest of the world. That's going to result in looking different from the rest of the world. And I want to be clear, not because we're just trying to be different, but if you're in Christ, it's because we're trying to be faithful to following Jesus. And the Bible shows that when we live set apart lives, it is for God's glory and for the world's good. So we're going to talk about that tonight. But first, just a question. Has anyone ever gotten a new puppy or a new kitten like just like a little baby pet a little new isn't it the best isn't it the best? when I was uh, about to start my sophomore year of high school my family got a little golden retriever puppy oh Teddy he's a good boy right and and when my family first got Teddy oh man we could not get enough of Teddy Right? Like, everyone just wanted to be with Teddy. Everyone wanted to hold Teddy. Everyone wanted to watch Teddy, like, run and trip and fall because he's a puppy, and he's the best, right? It's just the best when you have a little puppy, when you have a little kitten, right? What, whatever, I don't know, fish don't have the same effect. But whatever, like, <laughs> when, you, when you have a small new, you know, pet, it's just the best. You want to spend all this time with them. Like, there's just this thrill of there's this new thing in my life that's awesome, and I want a lot of it. And then a couple days in, you're like, Oh, this puppy chews everything, <laughs> including my valuables, <laughs> right? This puppy excretes, and someone needs to pick up the excretion, right? That's humbling. You ever stop and think about that? We're humans. They're animals, and we pick up their poop. That humbles me, right? Like, you, you realize, like, oh, you need to walk the dog, right? You get to a certain point where, like, that initial thrill, it's still fun, and it's still good, but that experience of goodness, that experience requires some tending to, right? You need to tend to your puppy to take good care of it, right? Uh, another kind of thing in this idea that I'm experiencing recently is my wife Kayla, her birthday was just a couple weeks ago, and she wanted a lime tree for her birthday. That's awesome. Yeah, I am pro-tree, right? And so uh, I'm a good husband. She wanted a lime tree. I bought her a lime tree for her birthday, right? And... The, like, the idea of having a lime tree is awesome, right? It's beautiful, and you have some limes for your guacamole, right? It's awesome. But then, like, you buy the lime tree, and you're like, and it comes in a little pot, and you're like, oh, someone needs to dig a hole, <laughs> right? Like, and then you do all the work of planting. You're like, oh, this needs to be fertilized and watered, and you need to, like, clean it of these little bugs that are trying to eat my limes, right? And, and you realize that taking care of this tree requires some tending, Right? It takes some upkeep to do it. And here's what, here's what happens. If you just do the minimum, it, that tree, it's just going to be like a decoration. 
in my life, right? It'll exist. I'll still like, oh, yeah, that's nice. It'll be like a decoration in my life. If I don't do anything, that tree's going to wither and die. But if I give that tree my regular devoted attention, it's going to bear fruit, right? And I'm going to experience the full goodness that that tree has to offer in my life. If you invest and spend regular devoted attention with your puppy, if you train it, if you housebreak it, you know, if you like do all the things, you're going to have a friend, a companion, right? If you spend regular devoted time and attention. See, students, this is how our relationships with God work, really, right? If you've said yes to Jesus, then I'm guessing you've experienced that initial thrill of being saved, of being filled with God's presence. Maybe it was at a camp or a retreat or maybe just a night like this at CA Students, and you had a powerful experience of God's presence and love. But then over time, that, like, initial experience wore off, right? And you discover that to have a relationship with God that's thriving, that you continue to regularly experience good from, it requires some tending to experience the fullness of joy and fulfillment that God has to offer. See, students, if you just do the minimum, God's just going to feel like a decoration in your life. And if you don't do anything, your relationship with God will wither and die. But see, students, if you give God your regular, devoted attention, you're going to experience what the Bible calls union with God. You're going to experience the fullness, all, all the goodness that God promises to bring to his people. You will experience that if you endure in that, not just at camp, not just at a retreat, not just when we just finished this worship set and Aiden's strumming, right? In every moment of your life, you can experience the peace, the companionship that God has to offer. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Before we jump in any further, I just want to ask, pray and ask God one more time that he would speak to us through his word. And so God, that's what, that's what we're here for. We're not here for a Wednesday night club. We're here to experience you, to meet with you, to be led and transformed by you. So God, I pray that we would experience the power of your spirit. Would you speak to us through your word? We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. Also, if taking notes helps you, we have a handout under your chair that you can grab that and take some notes. Also, the points are numbered 1, 2, 1. Don't be thrown off. It actually goes 1, 2, 3, right? We're just testing you, right? Colossians 1, 26 through 27. It says this. The apostle Paul is talking about the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And he says, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles. So not just Jews, but all people, right? Hey, listen to this. This is it. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Right? Here, here's the first point that I want you guys to see tonight. The defining feature of being set apart is union with God. The defining feature of being set apart, of being, like, what's different? If you're a follower of Jesus, what is primarily different about you than everyone else in the world? It's union with God. Christ lives in you. That is the fundamental thing that sets you apart from the rest of the world. We're set apart because we have the set-apart spirit, known as the Holy Spirit, living inside of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, right? 1 Corinthians 1.30 continues this idea. It says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. That's crazy. 
That's crazy language. He's united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. We are, if you're in Christ, you are united with Christ. Why is this a big deal? The Bible teaches that all of humankind has sinned. That's the fundamental problem, right? And because we've sinned, we've rebelled against God. Because of that, we are under the penalty of sin. It would be just for us to experience the judgment of a holy God. That's reality. We're under the penalty of sin. But the Bible says we're not just under the penalty of sin. We're also under the power of sin. That we just bend towards things that are bad for us, bad for other people, and dishonor God. We're under the penalty and power of sin. But because God's not just a holy God, he's also a loving God, he sent Jesus to be our substitute. See, students, when Jesus died on the cross, he was the substitute to take all of humanity's guilt for sin. He took the penalty. And when he rose from the grave three days later, he proved that he had the greater power over death and sin. He has the greater power. So for people who put their faith in Jesus, he delivers us both from the penalty and the power of sin so that we can live new lives following him and looking forward to living with him for eternity. That's great news, right? Humanity's central problem is handled with Jesus. But for anyone who's followed Jesus for any length of time, if you're anything like me, maybe you've experienced a gap. And here's what I mean by that. I know that Jesus died and he rose in the past, and because I put my faith in him, that justifies me. And that, and that happened in my past. And I know that he's coming back in the future and that I, I'm going to share in his glorification, right? That's, that's happening in the future. And now there's a gap between those two events. What's, so I know Jesus died and rose and justified me. I know he's coming again, will glorify me. What's Jesus doing now? If, if, I'm, if I'm not thoughtful, if I don't continue to read scripture, I can get stuck thinking that Jesus is just the bookends of my life, right? That he saved me, and one day I'm going to be with him forever, and I'm just kind of hanging out. What's happening in the middle right now? You see, the work of Jesus, we don't want, it to, we don't want to limit what God is doing in us and through us. And so we want to turn to God's word to see what Jesus is doing right now. Romans 8:34 says this. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That word interceding, it means to go between. So we just learned that Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, Christ is in you. You're united with Christ. And Christ is with the Father. He's going between us. So what does that mean? That means that all of the goodness that God has for us, all of the joy, all of the peace, all of the hope, all of the purpose, everything we need that God has, Jesus is interceding for us. He's going between, bringing that to us. And if you're in Christ, that means you're united with him. You have immediate access to everything that God has that you need if you're in Christ. That's what's happening right now. The past work of Jesus was justification. The future work is glorification. The current work is intercession. Jesus, if you're in Christ, right now, Jesus is lavishing the Father's love on you. 
right now, he's assuring you of your forgiveness. He's binding up your wounds. He's breathing courage into your lungs. What does it mean that Jesus is interceding for us? It means that he's not cool and distant and far away. He's invested. He's passionate. He's right here. If you're in Christ, he's in you. He lives within you. Christ is for you right now. I want to ask, like, what is your need right now, CA students? If you're, if you're anything like the sociologists say is typical of your generation, then you might be experiencing isolation. You might be experiencing anxiety. Those are the top two things that are said about your generation, that your generation suffers from, right? And here's the good news. If any of those things ring a bell for you, the good news is that if you have union with Christ, you're never alone. Even if you feel removed from other people, Christ himself is with you and in you. And when you cultivate, when you tend to that relationship, even when you're alone, you'll never feel alone because God is with you. And, and even when you feel like your circumstances are crazy and out of control and your future is uncertain, Christ, he's called the Prince of Peace. He is able to bring peace to that situation, right? Through his promises, you can have hope for your future. Not just optimism. That seems like, oh, I think things are going to get better because that's what things do. No, that's not how the world works. Hope is different. I believe things are going to get better because there's a person who is powerful and loves me and is at work for my good. That's what's available for us through union with Christ, CA students. Just last week, I took a morning to go to the Arboretum over in Arcadia. It's just this, you know, garden. I went by myself, and I just brought my Bible. And my whole plan was just to read my Bible and pray. I just wanted to set, spend some set-apart time with God, right? And I want to be clear. What follows didn't happen because I'm super spiritual. What follows happened just because I had some set-apart time with God, right? And I just felt, as I was sitting on this bench in a garden, I was just moved to tears because I experienced God's love for me, that I'm his son, that he cares about me, that he, he wants me, he loves me. And then I kept crying because I, because I knew that that was true about my wife. He loves and cares about my wife, my two daughters, my son who's coming within a month, right? God knows them, he loves them, he sees them. And, and when I think about the things that stress me out about my future, I just, I know that God's there. And God is at work for my good. And I was filled with peace. See, students, I was by myself crying on a bench. Why? Because I had union with God. Because Jesus, who is accessing all that God has to give us, is with me. See, students, don't, please, don't think like, oh, yeah, that'll happen to you because you're a pastor. No, that's not what's happened. What happened is because I, I sought God. And Scripture promises that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. I want to encourage you guys. That's what's available to us. Through the reality of union with God, all the joy, hope, peace, purpose, comfort, companionship, wisdom, guidance that God has to offer is immediately available to us through Christ. But like getting a puppy or planting a tree, the reality is that if you want that fruit, you have to care for the root. You can write that down because it rhymes, right? If you want the fruit, you have to care for the root. And so here's, here's the second point for us tonight. We, we tend to this union with God 
It's by meeting with God in three ways. We tend to this union by meeting with God in three ways. The first is individual meeting with God. Individual meeting with God. That, that's kind of like what I just described, right? It's choosing, I'm going to have set-apart time in my day where I'm going to be, I'm going to remove other distractions. I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to read scripture. And I'm going to pray. I'm both going to speak to God and listen for God to speak to me. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That's another way to talk about scripture. Who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. CA students, I just, I want to be honest and sometimes people will tell me like, Levi, I feel like I can't hear God's voice. And I'm like, are you reading the Bible? And they're like, no. And I'm like, are you, are you coming to church? And they're like, no. I'm like, are you, like, what are you doing? And they're like, I don't know, but I can't hear God's voice. And, and part of me wants to punch them. And the other part of me that's a pastor is like, hey, you want the fruit without tending to the root. Like, you want to hear God's voice? You want to know what that sounds like? Open your Bible. <laughs> you know? You want to experience his presence? Worship with his people. You know, like, but see, students, it all starts in this individual meeting with God, with prayer and scripture. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be long. It, but what it has to be is every day. What it has to be is focused on God. And if you choose to meet with God in this individual setting, that is the foundation, that is the first layer of tending to your union with God. The second way, the second meeting, the way we meet with God to maintain this union is small meetings. Small meetings. What do I mean by this? I mean spending time with your family, spending time with a few friends, spending time with your life group to talk about God right? This is what Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 say. This is right after the birth of the church. Jesus has just uh, ascended and the Holy Spirit came in the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Listen to this. Every day, they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. That's small meeting, right? And ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, students, some people have this approach where it's like, it's just me and God, you know, and we're good. You know, don't need to go to church, don't need life group, don't need any of this. And that's foolish. That's not biblical. And here's what's going to happen. If you only try to meet with God in an individual meeting, you're going to be neglecting two-thirds of the way that you can encounter God. And your union with God is going to suffer. It's going to be neglected because you're missing out. You're neglecting ways that God has instructed and given us the opportunity to meet. And so I'm calling you guys 
if your family doesn't currently talk about God, be the one who starts the conversation. If, if your friends, you and your friends don't currently talk about God, be the one who starts the conversation. That's why we have life groups every other week during the school year here at CA Students, because we need this time, this space to be known by each other, where we can deeply encourage each other and pray for each other as we follow God together. The third category, if you're like me and you try to fill in the blanks beforehand, you probably guessed, is the big meeting. The big meeting, right? This is what we're doing right now. This is CA Students. This is the weekend service at church. This is what's about to happen up at Hume, right? In uh, those chapel times. Remember Acts chapter 2. Before they met in one another's homes, they all gathered to meet in the temple courts every day, right? That's the big gathering. That's where, like, the corporate worship that we just experienced, where we, where we were built up in our faith and we gave our praise to God, that happens when we meet in this big room together. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. CA students, gathering, if you're a follower of Jesus, gathering is imperative. It's, it's, it's mandatory, right? But listen to, me, listen to me clearly. It's not just the right thing to do. When you do it, you experience why God tells us to. You experience God meeting in the midst of his people. You can experience God one way, individually, you experience him another way when you're with a small group in a more intimate setting, and you experience him yet another way when, it, when you're surrounded by people pursuing him. See, students, I'm calling you that we cannot sacrifice any of these layers. If you neglect any of them, you'll be neglecting part of your union with God, that closeness, that experience of his presence and his love with you. Here's the last point that I want to make tonight. Number three, on your handouts, the second number one. We start with faith, not feeling. We start with faith, not feeling. Remember, if you want the fruit, you have to care for the root. If you, listen, if you want a certain life, you need to maintain a certain lifestyle. Right? Everyone gets this, especially if like, you're an, a musician or an athlete. I love watching the Olympics. One of the reasons I love watching the Olympics, it's just watching the best people in the world do their thing, right? But I love these interviews, and it's like, I don't know, a diver, right? And they're interviewing this diver, and he's like, I've dived for 15 hours every day for the past 15 years. And, I, and they have like crazy diets and like crazy training regimens, right? And it's inspiring. Like, you have unbelievable commitment and diligence to what you do, and it shows. You're the best in the world at that. You know it would not be inspiring? You know, I woke up, and I just, I just hit snooze. I, just, I did it. I just hit snooze, you know, and then it went off again. I'm like, you know what? Snooze one more time, you know? That wouldn't be inspiring. You know why you don't hear that at the Olympics? Because no one who does that gets to the Olympics, right? Because if you want a certain life, you need to live a certain lifestyle, right? If you want to get to the caliber of competing in the Olympics, you need to train like an Olympian. And yet somehow, because it's spiritual, we think it's different with God, right? And we think that like, oh no, if I just really, really want it, then I'm going to like experience God. No, you'll experience God if you give him your regular devoted attention. If you cultivate your union with him, CA students, 
And so here's the thing. If you only pursue God when you feel like it, you have no agency. Your life is completely determined by your circumstances, right? And maybe your circumstances line up where it's like, oh, yeah, I had this cool experience with God. Cool. But then your circumstances will change, and then now all of a sudden it's not going to become a priority anymore, right? See, students, we don't follow our feelings. We start with faith. Even when I don't feel like waking up before my daughters to read the Bible and pray, that's what I do. Why? Not because I feel like it. Far from that. I hate the mornings and the mornings hate me. However, I have faith that I'm meeting with a living God and I'm going to have a real encounter with him. And I need that encounter to live a faithful and fruitful day. And so I'm not led by my feelings. I'm led by faith. That I'm going to experience a real person. I'm not captive to my circumstances. And here's the secret, CU students. If you persevere in faith, you will feel it. If you persevere in faith, you will have that experience with God. The reverse doesn't hold true. If you just always do what you feel like, you're not always going to land in faith. But if you start with faith, CA students, you will experience God. The peace, the comfort, the hope, and your experience of God will grow as you spend your time and attention there. Can I just say, that's why Hume works, right? We're about to go to Hume next week, and everyone's going to be at Hume, and it's like, man, I just feel so close to God. It's like, yeah, you know why? Because we took your phone away, and all we're doing this week is going to chapel twice a week and having cabin time. It's all about God. Of course you feel close to God. Just like plot out the number of hours you're spending doing God things. Of course you're going to feel close to God. It's not rocket science, CA students. You're doing the reps. You're cultivating your union with God when you're at Hume. That's why we say every year, it's not a Hume thing, it's a Holy Spirit thing. If, I promise you, if you lived your life at home, the way you lived it at Hume, you would experience God the same way. That's how it would work, right? If, if you spent that much time, if you were that intentional with gathering with other people that are seeking God, you would experience God in the same way. This is why people became monks, right? It's because they're like, I'm not going to live a life that says, yeah, I'm going to try to fit God into my life. I'm going to live a life that says, I'm going to try to fit the rest of my life in around God, right? Like, instead of thinking like, oh, maybe I'm, uh, yeah, like I'm going to try to squeeze in my quiet time reading the Bible and prayer. It's like, no, that's going to be the priority, and maybe I will or maybe I won't play video games. Maybe I will or maybe I won't be able to go to that practice or whatever, right? See, students, that's, that's, if you live that way, that's set apart, right? The set apart reality is that followers of Jesus have union with Christ. The set apart practice is that we cultivate that by meeting with him individually, meeting with him in small groups, and meeting with him in big groups as well. This is, I'm a preacher, and sometimes you try to motivate people with the imperative, right? You're like, this is what God says. And if you don't do that, you're going against what God says. That's bad, right? And, and you try, that's called motivating people with the fear of the Lord, which is real and good and the beginning of all wisdom, right? But that feels kind of heavy, right? Other times, as a preacher, you try to motivate people with like, look at this opportunity. 
do you see the goodness that you're going to experience if you give your time to God, right? The, the closeness that you're going to experience to him. See, students, I'm showing all my cards. I want you to see both. You must see that this is imperative, right? If you think it's just an opportunity, you think it's optional. If you think it's just imperative, you think it's a bummer. It's both. It is the greatest opportunity that will ever be afforded to you, and it's mandatory, <laughs> right? I'm begging you to see both and to treat it as such, that this is a non-negotiable, and it's the greatest joy of your life if you commit to it. And set your, with all the grit and determination you have, say, this is going to be my highest priority in life. You will experience God, and you will cultivate a resilient union with God that will sustain you. Aiden, you can join me. We're going to wrap up in just a second. See, students, I am calling you to radically reorient your priorities, your schedule, your plans around God. This is, this is going to require talking to coaches and say, I have a thing on Wednesday night. Talking to musical directors and choir instructors and I don't know, your online gamer friends, right? It's gonna, it's gonna, and, and really, if, this is what I did with my coaches. Like, hey, I have a thing on Wednesday night. I would love to be on your team. Is that gonna work? And you know what? All of my coaches got around to saying, yes, <laughs> right? And see, students, why did I approach it that way? Because meeting, cultivating my union with God was the top priority in my life. And I really wanted to do sports. I liked them. I was pretty good at them, right? But that wasn't my priority before meeting with God. And I'm, I'm just begging you, CA students, to choose for, to set God as your top priority in your life. Here's the secret. You can have as much of God as you want. If you are, can I be spicy, Pastor, for a second? If you are dissatisfied with your life in God, it's not because God is dissatisfying. There is always more of God, and the hungry will experience him. There are times in my life where I've felt far from God, and sometimes I did nothing, and I just kind of wallowed. And then there are other times where I felt far from God, and I chose to do something about it. One time I read the Bible in 99 days. That was a lot of reading every day. I experienced God. One time I chose that for every day, for 10 minutes a day, I was going to close myself in a closet like this big that was completely dark so I could have zero sight or sound. And I was going to spend 10 minutes every day learning what God's voice sounds like. Most recently, I've given myself to the discipline of fasting. One, one, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday's my day. I don't eat food, right? Because I want to seek God. When I turned 30, I, I fasted for seven days in a row. Gatlin did it with me. We're fast friends. CA students, I just, I just wish I could gift you my experiences with God. How real he is. How close he is. His comfort. His companionship. The hope that I have. The, the despair, the depression I've been pulled out of. I, I wish I could push that into you and make you feel that, but I can't. And so all I'm doing is, is begging you, just begging you to taste and see that God is good. 
pursue him with just enough diligence and just enough grit that says, everything else, forget it. I will experience God. I will have union with God. And see, students, as we pursue that, God will get glory and the world around us will experience good from us and through him. We're going to respond in worship. And I just want to encourage you guys. Maybe worship is something that you just kind of usually just stand through. I just want to invite you for this closing song. Let this be something that you lean into, believing that this is part of the way that you will cultivate your union with God. Would you guys stand up and come to the front? And I just want to pray for us before we sing one more time. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are here with us. That's why we're here, God. Thank you that, I thank you for every student in this room, every person in this room has chosen to gather in the big room today to meet with you. God, I pray that you would bless them for doing that. And I pray that as we close tonight, that everyone would walk out of here knowing that you are available to them and if they should choose to follow you, they can have union with you. And at the, the best experiences they have with you can become a new normal. Because you have united us with Christ. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.